Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is March the 11th, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beatstock Internet Marketing. And uh, this is a bittersweet, weird, uh, kind of horrible milestone of a day. Today is the first uh, anniversary, the first full year we've uh, been living in a global pandemic. Uh it's weird, dude. It's been a whole year, man. It's weird, yeah. eh? I know that seems really long and really short at the same time. <laughs> yeah, um, time has been suspended. I I, I often look at uh, uh, dates and I look back at something that was like it took place in May or June, and it feels like it was like just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's been. I mean, we we we've joked about it on this show a bunch. It's been Groundhog Day for so many people, over and over and over and over again. And many of us lucky that we have work from home or have our offices from home and just you know pivot and transition and keep on going. Um, but you know, I'm days like today. I'm reminded of the so many people who became unemployed or uh, people in the retail or restaurant industry whose uh, life savings, their their dreams, and just all the hard work that blood, sweat, and tears you put into running a business just evaporated. You know, it's yeah. not their fault. I mean, I mean, nine out of ten businesses go out of go nine out of ten businesses fail. And I often say it's people's own damn fault for failing just because they went into business in the first place. But in this case, it's not that it's not their own damn fault. It's just the way it happened. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's 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 just weird commemorating a day like this again. 500,000, more than 500,000 dead in the United States, over uh, two and a half million dead around the world, and um, an end in sight, most certainly, but, uh, you know, how that's going to look when we get around that corner is still, still, still weird, still questionable. It is. I I am so stoked to find out. Like, I really want to know what it looks like around that corner. <laughs> like, really, really do. Um, so, yeah, and it's just this, it's it, it's interesting, all the, like, the conversations having now, which have the optimism behind them, and it's you can just feel that everybody's just sort of, like, bubbling to be able to do, actually, anything. People are just bubbling to do stuff again. Um, I know every time I, I keep hitting, it, like, had them recently, I had just gone to a conference um, you know, just a couple weeks before before the, the the pandemic was announced and all the like lockups and things were happening, and seeing all those pictures and it's and I think all of us sort of had this like yeah that's right that was the last last time I did that right that, that I got to do that and darn you miss your friends but then at the same time knowing that like okay but there's a vaccine rolling out <laughs> like we, we might get to do that again soon. It's important to keep in mind that soon is a relative term yeah. and a four-letter word at the same time. Um, soon is, you know, just by COVID standards. You remember how May of last year is just around the corner backwards? 
Yeah. Well, soon is also just around the corner, and that's an awfully long time from now. Yeah. Even though 10% of the U.S. population has been vaccinated, approximately 4 to 45 maybe 5% of the Canadian population and the developed world, and then the world is, is happening a lot faster than I think people expected once vaccines started getting delivered where they needed to get delivered. Yeah. Um, listeners should be cautioned that even after more and more people, even if we hit the 70% of people vaccinated range, we're still going to have to be very, very cautious that we don't for, for, for several months after that, that we don't have more outbreaks. The whole world has to be vaccinated before we're in a safe zone again. Yeah. You know what? I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're on the subject. So something I'm just going to point out, this has nothing to do with SEO, but, but here we go. Um, it is, is there, there, there will be among some people a natural inclination to be selfish and go, why should I fund that? Um, you know, a, a vaccination program into the third world. And I, I'm just going to like, just at a pure self-interest go, let, let's forget about supply chains even. And, and, and just go, do we want it just to incubate and mutate until it can cross through our vaccination regimen? Like, do, yeah. like just pure survival. It just needs to be gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this, uh, so to your point, yes. This virus has shown itself incredibly adept at, uh, at evolving. We yeah. need to eradicate it or, or there's no question about it. I mean, it, it absolutely will evolve and come back at us again. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're going to end up doing is turning into something like smallpox, where it's still going to be present in the population, but so small and controlled. And, you know, we're all going to be vaccinated and have a, 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 a natural um, resistance to it. But that's still quite a way away. Yeah. Can't let our guard up yet. Yeah. Okay, that 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 that, 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 that I, I really don't want to talk a lot more about COVID because the, the 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 topic drives me nuts. So why don't we talk about something you know a lot more stable like Google's algorithm? <laughs> um, what the heck? I mean, it's 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 been what two weeks of um, every couple of days. There's more chatter and more volatility in all the indexes. Um, what do you reckon they're messing with? I, I don't know. I mean, we, we know that there's been a lot of new additions. Um, you know, we, we have like passage indexing, you know, sort of just rolled out. And we do know that they were going to like stage through how that worked, started out small, work it, work its way up. So that could factor in there. Um, you know, subtopics rolled out in November, but they could be tinkering around with that. We, we know that there was a Smith algorithm that they hadn't rolled in yet, but they're clearly toying around with it that also does some amazing stuff right like carries it past the 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 the, the limits uh the the character limits that it, that it had before or i guess the token limits to to get more specific but um you know there, there's just so much it could be going on or they might just be going well these seos keep mucking about with stuff <laughs> and catching up to us so let's just change so much let's just build in like a little timer that does little tweaks every two days just to keep them on their toes it's just randomize just to mess with them yeah well i think the important point here and I, I we can all agree at this point that these these um updates and changes are happening the the volatility that people are perceiving that's that that's real yeah um, this is really not the time to get all sky is falling panicky and go make massive changes to your website because Google's just going to make another change a couple of days yeah. from now. Um, this is the time 
to start obsessively tracking results, start obsessively tracking traffic, start obsessively traffic, traffic, and blah, 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 tracking uh, references where they're coming from and moreover how the traffic's flowing through your site. Mm-hmm. That is the stuff you look at in these, in these periods, but don't make any decisions or make any major changes because of it. Just try to spot some trend. If there's right. a trend to spot, you'll find it there. But again, times of volatility, um, if you make any major changes, Google's just going to come in and, and mess yeah. around. And then you're going to feel silly for it. Well, an interesting one thing I have seen, like I've been consistently watching the sensors, like all the all the different sensors and consistently um, it's news, right? Or, or, or um, and site like just anecdotally sites that, that we work on sites with high frequency content, not even outside of news, but where we have like a lot of content going in, those have been the ones that have been most impacted. Um, you know, and the sensors are seeing it. And I, I can say we're seeing it as well. Um, mine did get clouded a little bit by a, an engineering glitch last Friday. And it was like, there's an update. And I'm like, that update tanked everything. And the client was like, the update <laughs> tanked everything. And it was like, no, the, the, it, the somewhere the engineers had injected I, I kid you not, no index um, into some a core area of the site. It was like just pulled from staging over. Like it was pretty quick to catch it, but um, it had just been pulled from from dev over, and uh, and so now I've gone. Um, let's just never put that there. Let's just block <laughs> the staging altogether, but not not through the code like that. Um, yeah. So anyway, so yes, a nice little like robot to no index uh, added, added it. So anyway, that made it a little harder to tell on one of them, but there were other sites that we monitor that I could see just a, a high rate of change. Um, but it's also important to remember if you're on the winning side and I've been there, I've had to call clients up or, or message them going, yeah, this is awesome, but the pendulum's going to swing back, right? Like you've just increased your traffic by 15% in a day. <laughs> like it's going to go right. Like where things will just go the other direction where you're like, I'm a big winner. And it's like, yeah, it's if you see a big drop is, I think it's important to remember exactly like what you're saying to pay attention to what is happening. Because even if there's a big drop, even if you regained everything back, clearly they're testing something in an area where you just got hit. So being aware of what that is will help you. And you can, you can remedy that as, as quickly as you can. Same thing with gains where it might swing back. And that'll, that'll be a shame, but clearly, you know, they were testing something in that area. So it's not to say get rid of it, but, you know, be, be aware of, of what's going on and, um, and at least you'll know what to watch for. So I think that was, that was great advice you were giving. Well, that advice stems from uh, some experiments I've been trying in the last month or so where um, I, I, I can't identify the client. I'm not, I'm, I, I can't go there, but I can say that um, the client said to me, I love the reports you're giving me, but I often feel they're like a snapshot in time and not giving me a bird's eye view of how trends are happening and things are, are, are forming. And so I took that back to my drawing board and came up with a whole, with a new form of uh, reporting I'm calling Trendalytics. And it's obsessively tracking every possible data point you can and then mapping it out over, you know, uh, a period of weeks, months, quarters, and then years. Um, and then finding, and, and this is the neat thing, man, you can actually see patterns. You can see patterns in, queer, in queries and traffic. You can see patterns in pages you've worked on and improved and increased traffic and different sources of the traffic. 
And if you um, find those patterns and uh, try to figure out what's creating them, um, what what's behind the cause of them, to me, that's as good or better than going to the client and saying, yeah, I've gotten you a bunch of like top 10 rankings. Because now you can go to the client and say this, this, and this demonstrably move the needle on these pages. Right. Right. Well, no, and that's, that's obviously what you want to be able to do is go, this change resulted in, in this, um, which also gives you a, and now when I tell you to do that 20 times, <laughs> you know what the, the, the measurable is. Um, Here, here's the hard thing. The output from this form of reporting literally and this is just this is just a report i gave the client literally turned into 158 pages worth of report and then there's the excel files that go with them wow it's every data point i'm not kidding you <laughs> um not a lot of analysis that goes into it just a lot of uh and then yeah and then again you have to study it and study and study and the analysis will come over time as you get more familiar with right. the traffic patterns you're seeing and and why you're seeing them um, I've produced one of these so far. I want to produce um, three or four of them and then write up the process. Well, that'd be great. I know I'll be waiting. Um, honestly, it's uh, it's I've never, never done this kind of detailed work before, and it's absolutely worth it. Okay, back to Google stuff. <laughs> um, technically and practically indexed. There's a difference between the two, eh? You can be technically there, but practically speaking, no one cares. Right. Okay, so um, John Mueller uh, cleared up some little, just a little bit of technical language, I guess that that the Googleites use amongst themselves. Um, two types of two types of ways to describe how a page is indexed. Google is going to index everything it possibly can, even if you've blocked the content. It'll still have the index on record. The index on record, technically, it's uh, it's indexed. I'm sorry, it still has the URL on record. Right. Technically, if it does, it's it's considered to be indexed. But practically speaking, nobody cares. Like, it's never going to see the light of day. There's no content there. Right. Google knows it exists. It's in the index, but it is uh, buried so deep beneath quicksand that it's never going to come up again. Um, so it's practically not indexed. A page, on the other hand, that uh, has a lot of information is, is, is uh, being being trafficked and looked at by by, by other people, um, visitors gets gets links to it is live and 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 vital. That is practically indexed. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just but understanding the the technical difference, I think, is is helpful. We've talked about that many times. Even if you aren't like, and this is what it means, you can do. It's like just understanding the machine is important. When you're in conversation at a cocktail party or not, this is the way you can spot actual Googleites and people who claim to be Googleites. <laughs> uh -huh. That's the valuable information here. It okay. sound cool at parties. Yeah. Uh, well, don't, don't all SEOs sound cool at parties? I like to think so. <laughs> I know, eh? <laughs> okay, we got to take a break. It's uh, it's twenty past this twenty past the start of the hour at the time this was recorded live to Pat podcast so on behalf of dave davies from beanstalk internet marketing this is jim metrum digital always media you're listening to webcology on w wmr.fm it is march the 11th 2021 uh, 
first anniversary of the COVID-19 pandemic. Stick around. We've got more content coming up after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the uh, 11th of March, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, you ever, you ever wanted a page just to not be in the index? There's got to be times when when you just yeah. when you just positively absolutely want to make sure it just doesn't get there. Yeah. Used to be you were able to put put a note in robots text, no index, no follow or something. Or in, in, I'm sorry, you used to be able to put a, a note in your robot text not to index it. Yeah. That doesn't work anymore. <clears throat> Google wants you to do that on a page by page level. It wants you to use the uh, no index follow no index no follow or whatever directive command um in your in your um uh in your meta information but it doesn't want to follow the robot's text directives any longer so a little bit of housekeeping there that is some important housekeeping if you've been relying on the wrong thing well i'm, I'm for years, I think the STO go-to advice would be throw in the robot text file because that's the very first file drawn by Google when, or drawn by any search engine when looking at a, at a whole website. And yeah. that, that's sort of like what the CSS does now with like the style and layout of the page. That's what the robots text did with directives to search engine and search engine agents. Not so much anymore. And I'm not going to go as far as saying Google's depreciating the value or the importance of the robot text file, but Google is putting a lot more emphasis on information it gets at a page by page level than it is at, at more of a metal level. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And I got like, as we were just discussing, I got a rude awakening for how quickly that works. <laughs> <laughs> very, what, very fast. I um, was figuring what happened to you had to be, but was it a WordPress site? No. Oh, no. so it wasn't the stupid, um, uh, stupid setting. No, it was an incredibly, it's an incredibly complicated site. I understand the source of the problem and we are building in detection systems for it now. Uh, <laughs> now, fortunately, I'm also working with a group of 
incredibly technical people um, who are just like, we need things to do this. And they're like, all right, let's just build that. And then like, by the time the phone calls done, one of their engineers has gone, is this what you meant? So I'm like, all right. Um, Isn't so, it great working with developer teams rather than the olden days where you felt compelled to have to do it yourself? Yeah, I, I know where it's like, okay, I can tell you why and send you a couple reasons, ways I would do it. And then it's your job to come up with the better, faster way to do it. <laughs> no. That's the advantage of working with development teams. The, uh, the disadvantage, of course, um, well, an example comes from the Bureau of Internet Accessibility this week, which, um, I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here, says, stop screwing with headings, you screwheads. Well, that's not, they were more polite about it. They, <laughs> they, they, they're, they're trying to remind, politely remind developers that headings are not style elements. That's what CSS is for. Does that drive you crazy? You, you know, what's, what's actually kind of funny is I was actually having a call with a client just earlier today where I was having to explain that. And yet at the same time, you know, John will come out and say, it's not going to hurt if you have multiple H1s, John Mueller, right? Like, and he has said that. And I'm like, just consider this one of the eyes that I need dotted. <laughs> to make sure this happens and also i can't help but think that somewhere along the lines with with passage indexing coming in and with new indexing rules and just not even necessarily passage but just different techniques the way we structure things and how clear we are in the structure um is going to be able to convey more information um than than other than not but you know what there, there's also just that old school seo in me that's just like because i hate it because it's sloppy and I hate it. <laughs> like it's not a styling element. Well, not just that. Okay, so John is technically right. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get penalized. You're not gonna right. lose points. You're not gonna suddenly see your site go from like top of the top of the uh, listings to position fifty because you screwed around with the H1 tags. Mm -hmm. But if you want your site to raise in the rankings, being really strict about their usage is really beneficial. Yeah, the, the, H1, the H1 tag is a signal. If the Google gets overloaded with that signal, it'll simply ignore it. But if it, the signal is used properly, Google will look at it and go, oh, that's what you meant by this. And SEO in 2021, half the battle is clarity. Yeah. And that's what, um, that's what they had. That the headings are a note of clarity. Now, again, use it stylistically. It's not going to kill you but you're giving away a tool that can actually help you. Right, right. So what does not hurt also could be help, which personally I consider hurting. If I could have had an advantage and I didn't take it. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> then I, I mean, have hurt myself. We're not, we're, 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 we're cautioned not to use four letter words on this show because that'll damage our uh, standing at iTunes, but every four letter word I could say, right? Yeah. Like, seriously, if you're not doing that, our job is to take every inch and advantage we can within reason to get our clients uh, 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 ahead of their competition. Why would you give away a power element? Indeed. And you know what? I, I'm going to I'm going to liken it to this. I, I, I am not great at it, but I like to run and I, I've done little like 10K runs as for, for like charity and stuff like that. And it won't actually damage me to wear flip flops. Right, like I could wear flip flops. It's not hey. actually going to be a punishment. Hey, if they're cool looking flip flops, I do have some good running shoes. 
And if I put those on, I will give myself an advantage <laughs> of not hating my life for uh, like an hour, well, much longer in flip-flops, I'm sure, of running this thing. It so just might. You, you can consider obeying the rules like this, just putting on running shoes instead of flip-flops while going for a run. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, like uh, there are so many ways to get the same effect without giving away a power element. That's that's yeah. a, it, it drives me... I can't understand why one would. <laughs> okay, so Google is uh, again. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to interpret this. This is the uh, Google hotel search uh, story. Yeah. Free listings and their results. Um, wonderful, but was this a boon to, to 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 businesses, or is it Google trying to muscle in to uh, completely dominate a sector? What do you reckon? I think the answer can be yes to both at the same time. Like the first thing I did was emailed a couple of my clients and said, good news, everybody. Right. I think, um, you know, which is exactly what I did when they, you had the free product listings, right? I'm like, okay. And even if we don't want to pay, you know, now it's time to make sure everything's in order for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do, to your point, I view that like, all right, I don't love featured snippets because we're giving away information that, you know, a bunch of people won't do the click, but somebody's going to get it, so it might as well be me. Um, but I do think what you're talking about is is exactly right. This is Google's way of controlling more. Um, I think we're going to see a, a higher prevalence. And one of the things I think they would be concerned about is if you want to give a higher priority um, to to these boxes, like the the this sort of map boxes that have mm-hmm. these listings in there from your paid results. If you want to give them even more prevalence in a search result, um, then you're going to need some semblance of organic in there um, just to deal with a, a variety of different issues ranging from you don't want to be overture. And for all of the listening audience who doesn't remember overture, that's my point. Um, <laughs> and, and, and at the same time, um, you, people have the perception um, that organic is more honest, more honest. Yeah. And, and whether that's true or not, the, the paid search and organic people can, can debate. I, I like doing a bit of both and I think done right. So is paid done right. So is organic and both of them can be twisted. Um, but I, I think, I think it's a good move to sort of protect themselves, both just sort of by perception. Um, but also I, I think they could get themselves into some hot water if they, tried to i'm especially thinking on mobile only have visible on a page um those map results and have nothing organic on there but it'll be really easy to go from three paid at the top and 10 organic to well now we've got 10 paid and only three organic but it's in a map and it sort of clouds itself a little bit well Um, it'd be harder to have that little ad logo which would also be handy for them if that is their plan, that's, that would be a major step sideways from what they announced uh, uh, this week. Um, Google is trying to open up, is, it has opened up its uh, 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 Google hotel listings um, at google.com slash travel, mm-hmm. like it did with flights and like it did with shopping. And now it's giving free listings to any hotel that wants to be in there. So bonus for the hotel, you're going to save listing costs. But you remember that nasty antitrust accusation that got thrown at Google uh, just a while ago? Right. It's the dominant. It is the dominant information source in our in in our society, 
And um, on one side, again, I think this is excellent. Any any break for 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 business, big or small, right now, uh, coming out of uh, this year, I'm 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 all for it. Like, like we need to do things to to prime the pump of business again. Mm-hmm. And um, a discount is as good as a stimulus when you're in business. You say you make money by saving money. Um, so this is great. I, I th- thank you, Google, for doing this. But I got this nasty feeling that. Google's um, a little less than altruistic on this one. I think they're trying to fill their listing, and then and then and and, and and maybe they'll pull a, maybe they'll pull a um, uh, uh, oh goodness, what's the word for it? A, a switcheroo um, a year from now and start uh, start charging for these again once they got people addicted to the system. But um, honestly, I think they're just trying to monopolize the, the the space. Well, they may may very well be, and as somebody. I mean- to, to, to let people know, here's the impact. If you're not running, um, you know, hotel ads right now, yeah, do it. it. It'll be some free traffic. But I have clients that we went through this with product search and we were already running product ads. So it was just a matter of like basically checking a box and going, yeah, show it for free. I don't know why that they didn't just go. We're just at it. We're checking this box for you. Let us know if you would just like to keep paying for everything. <laughs> um, yeah. but, you, you, but they sent an email and said, you need to go in. And I get it. There's like going to be legalese in there. Um, but as somebody who can see, here's the difference in percentage between how often my client's products are showing up organically and how often they're showing up in paid search. There's a dramatic difference. Like, I mean, single digit percents on the organic, like low single digits versus, you know, like, and I'm doing relative to their, to their paid campaign. So I, I, I don't think they're, I think they're trying to appear as something that functionally they're not, I mean, cause they're not idiots, right? They're not going to go, yeah, we're going to like just give away a bunch of stuff for free that people were paying for because we're altruistic business owners who just love the world so much, right? Like that's not what Google shareholders are are, are sitting around going, we sure hope Google does that, right? And that's who, <laughs> who Google's catering to here. So there is a monetary reason. Um, and so I, I have to think that this isn't whatever they're giving away free, they're about to take away more. Now, who do they take that away from? And I think you're you're sort of hitting the nail on the head is they're taking it away from Expedia. They're taking yep. it away from, you know, TripAdvisor or VRPO or whoever. They're not taking it away from you. So get in there. <laughs> whenever whenever Google enters a new vertical, expect to see the com- competitors go horizontal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can, and you can quote me on that several times at Business Insider, if you don't mind. <laughs> Speaking of, our friend Jeremy Knopf was uh, mentioned in Business Insider as having one of the uh, top destination clubhouse trees. I mean, clubhouses, not not tree forts, clubhouses. Um, so yeah, congratulations, Jeremy. I have yet to uh, uh, participate in clubhouse. Um, Given I, I live in a googly universe, uh, not a not an Apple universe, but um, yeah, I, 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 I'm quite happy for him. And uh, you know, the, the 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 dream of Clubhouse is alive another week. <laughs> yeah, I am really really interested to see how that plays out long term. Like a year from now, how are we? Where where is where is Clubhouse? And it, it will be very very interesting. It's a tough one. I mean, like, it's a cool application. The idea is, is a good idea. I mean, yeah. we we do our version of Clubhouse every week and have for the last 16 years, except yeah. nobody gets to talk to us back and forth. You know, it's like if we did the show in a conference room, that would be like Clubhouse, I think, which I think would be a lot of fun to try. But um, 
I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I don't think this is a medium that wants to hang on, at, not as a social media application, but as a conferences. I think it's. I, I'm, I'm fascinated with it. I just yeah. wish they'd open up to my universe. I know. I feel so lonely over here in Google, <laughs> in Google land. Yeah, Google land. Okay, <laughs> we got time for one more weird Google story. For we got to take another break. And this one, I, I honestly, I don't understand this. So. Google might see web pages as duplicate content if the URLs are too similar with each other. Um, now, this is, this comes down to the way Google predicts information found on a page. And this is where I stop understanding because I thought Google could read at a uh, fairly high level. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure i think what they're getting at here because there's a bunch of things like google would be pulling from like the server response headers right like they'd be going okay here's a bunch of a bunch of stuff about this page before they've even sent their crawler out to, to index that page itself so i i i can only imagine either they're stupid which is not like either there's a stupid glitch which they should have fixed before just talking about it happening just get that remedied um but i don't think that's what's happening i think they're looking going this is our signal one, you know, but then if they've then pulled the, the response header, receive some additional information and go, these are almost identical, right? Like you think about how many pages with parameters, how many pages with hashes, how many pages well, with, with so many other things. Sure. But okay. But, but, but then you think of just in general, how many pages and the law of averages says, well, of course there's going to be some perceived duplication because we're talking the we're talking big numbers like like yeah. astronomically big numbers right you know i i'll list an, an example for for a client of ours who who's um has a it's a javascript based site with a lot of complicated areas right okay. but there's this this one area of their site where people will create a, a project i won't get into the details because that would break some ndas but either way it can generate thousands of individual urls Okay, so it makes so this URL we'll call it a ticket for one yeah. of a better term. And it's just okay. like it, it, like it, it's running this large system, and it's it'll it'll create all these. And each now ticket gets its own unique URL, yeah. Each one, and that is just the way this this thing runs. It's in the machine learning space, and so it's creating all sorts of different data points, and each one gets its own URL. I'm okay. working with them now to go. Okay, we're going to like solidify all of this. We're going to use named anchors that way we can properly canonical back. I am relying on what I have seen in the past of Google doing exactly this and going, we don't need to crawl every single one of these because they're they have probably a couple thousand really important pages on their site. They have 27,000 plus <laughs> in search console as like indexed, indexed, and then another like 47 excluded, right? Like it's, it's gotten out of hand. Um, so I'm going to be relying on this part of Google going, okay, we've seen the canonical on these ones that look like this and they're too similar like this. So yes. Okay. We don't need to crawl all of them and waste all their crawl budget and not see this new important thing because we're spending all of our time spinning our wheels over here. So I do get it. If this is one system to just save them the time, because I also have to remember too, thinking from Google, which we all have to do as SEOs and go, they have a lot of pages to index. Right. And as somebody who just had a problem with indexing with a client, it's it's also really important that 
we can help them prioritize <laughs> what, what they're indexing as well. Um, and so I understand that and Google wants us to prioritize. They want to get back in these accidents um, that, that we had caused. So I, I, I understand that they have a lot of work to do and why they might go, we need to just not waste our time on this, right? Like we need to just, we might lose, we might throw a baby out with the bathwater, but otherwise we might end up missing like a, a whole like country of, of, of babies sitting around because we're so busy spinning our wheels over on, on these pages that the vast majority are going to be duplicates. Okay. So that there's, there's, there's good reasons for Google to do this. And there's advantages for some, for some webmasters for Google um, using this predictive method of non-spidering. Um, because what this is about is Google is Google like like you said Google doesn't want to waste a crawl budget on pages that are all basically exactly the same yeah. with slightly different information. Yeah. But sometimes, um, like like I was saying earlier, the web is so vast there are literally trillions of objects with a URL attached to them on the web right yeah. now. There's going to be a great deal of perceived duplication just in just the law of averages says so. Right. Yeah. So what do you do if that happens? Um, well, yeah, I mean, and that's a good point. And we, I mean, we think of URLs as web pages and it just occurs to me, we have lots of client property pages on a travel site where it is, here's the property number, property name, dash one, property name, property number, dash two. Yeah. Each one of those images is a URL, but each one is important unto itself. And, and each one of them can bring vital traffic back to your website. Yeah. Like, so, so, okay. You're circle around now, Jim. <laughs> any one of them is an important object. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. In some cases you're going to get caught and, and this is going to be rare. Okay. And then also before, before I say anything, I, I need to preface this with, there's no actual penalty for duplicate content. Right. It comes down to which, which page is canonicalized either by the, by the webmasters or by Google. Um, which page is the one that addresses this topic most solidly in the collection of pages Google considers the same page? Okay. Right. So indicate with the canonical um, uh, that this is the, the active real page. Now, if, 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 if you're not that canonicalized page and you, there's a differentiation between uh, your page and, and and the one that is canonicalized find find and play up that differentiation in your own canonical tag maybe it has to do with the city you mentioned uh, different languages dave that's what the href lang tag is for yeah and you can and there are all these little items you can put in to differentiate this url from that url which which you might might have nothing to do with you you know right yeah so there's ways to, to combat this. It's a rare situation, but it does happen. And again, if it does happen to you, you're not actually being penalized for it. You're just not getting the ranking somebody else is getting, which is effectively akin to a penalty. You know? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Well, yeah, it's funny how we keep circling back to that. It's like, and when you don't take an advantage, yeah. um, that, that is basically a penalty. We've been saying this for years and years and years, but SEO is a game of centimeters or a game of inches, depending on which, which, where, how you measure stuff. But it's a game of taking little inches here and there, oh, and I those think, inches. Uh, I think my friend Jim here just froze. So um, with that, oh I mean, no we're... way! Have I? 
Well, you did. Break, so I will take us to a commercial break, and then uh, we'll be joined back, and hopefully uh, Jim will be with us. He will. Um, this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and we'll be back right after these messages. the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY podcasting system. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training, a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 11th of March, 2021. This is a somewhat active Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet, Beanstalk internet Marketing. And Dave, I'm so sorry about that. Um, Spotty internet connection in a city growing far too big. Yeah, you know what? And somehow we all survived. And, oh, come on. That's, that, that, that's like saying, it's okay, Jim. We'll survive without you. Which is, which is completely true. But very Well, I, could, I, I, I survived for about 10 seconds. So it was okay. It was that's, okay. That, that's how I envisioned the entire world getting by without me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Following on Australia's lead, it looks like there's bipartisan effort in the U.S. Congress to force Facebook and Google into uh, negotiating with news publishers um, to carry their product. Who could have seen that coming? Indeed. (laughs) So it's a bipartisan bill um, led by Senator Amy Klobuchar. And uh, Representative uh, David uh, Cicilline, uh, they're both Democrats, but it's sponsored by uh, Senator John Kerry and or John Kennedy, sorry, John Kennedy and uh, Representative Ken Buck, who are both Republicans. Uh, so this is incredibly rare, seeing uh, two Democrats and two Republicans get together for something that might actually be public good. Um, but um, the bill um, is... Uh, the purpose is to try to help news publishers um, as a whole, rather than uh, giving money to one or two big publishers. And uh, hopefully this will, will, will help um, stabilize a media environment that has lost a good deal of print advertising. 
I think it's great. I mean, we've talked about that on the show, though, so I don't think it's any surprise to our listeners that I think that's great. Um, I mean, simply because we we need we need news, yeah. <laughs> and Google doesn't create like that, right? Like you can you can get stuff from Google, but it doesn't create. And if they're taking money from the publishers, who's going to create the who's going to actually make the news that Google will show? Eventually, we'll just end up with a bunch of opinion, uh, which some can argue some news is, but but at least we've got a, a basis of, of something. Um, and I, uh, I mean, I mean, even being like side agnostic there, we need voices on both sides that are actually credible. Yep. So again, we'll see how these stories develop. Um, the story hasn't even fully played out in Australia yet. So no idea how this is going to go or what direction it's going to go, or if it's the panacea for news publishers, but something's got to break because our media environment is already broken. Yeah. Uh, here's a neat one. Google my business. How does it- Google my business is such a weird, weird section of Google, eh? Like there's so much promise there and um, so much ability. And then Google goes and just either screws stuff up or um, uh, muddies the waters Uh almost all the time but this time they didn't this time they're actually giving webmasters something really useful in in the google my business environment yeah it was it was shocking like i mean <laughs> and, and, and to your point it's not that like google my business has always provided some very very valuable information it's it's a very very valuable tool yeah. uh, but it's rare when we see google add something but actually still make it digestible to like where i could point a business owner to it and go Oh, here's a difference and actually provide some additional insight from my own sort of knowledge of, of what's going on with their with their website. It's not even massive changes and, and for our um, but 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 significant nonetheless um, for our, our listeners. Um, you can head over. It's it's from a while back. It's from March 4th. So it, it happened a bit ago, but it's it's you know, still like very relevant um over at search engine land uh of course needed to mention him almost made a whole show without it barry schwartz um wrote a piece sort of chronicling it and and what the what the visuals are um but it basically is breaking down by platforms um by your your platform and device type to give you a lot more insight into yes you're showing up here's the queries you're showing up for but not just that. Here's whether you're showing up on desktop or mobile. Here's whether you're showing up on maps versus search. Like mm-hmm. these are incredibly important pieces of insight for me um, to be able to understand what changes are actually going on on a client's website. Like as their search traffic is evolving, where and how um, is that evolving? Now I'm hoping to be able to glean more information in, in you know, sort of the coming you know days and, and weeks and months ahead that they'll be, you know, giving us more um, or that we can build some connectors. that will sort of extract more out of that, (laughs) Um, you know, sort of with the, okay, but people who are on maps on mobile, which, which of these, you know, sort of conversion actions are they taking calls, directions, et cetera. Dave, this is why this is so important because people do things differently depending on the device they're on. They look at information differently. They think about information differently. They're actually looking for slightly, they're looking to use information differently depending on the device they're on. And for retailers, uh, especially brick and mortar retailers that are just coming out of like whatever civic lockdown they've been in, for for them to have this kind of information, um, X number of people are looking at me on a, a, a mobile device 
and I can correspond this with 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 um, an uptick in visits to my store X number of hours later. This is mission critical for for retailers. Um, if if, If you're out there running a store and you have a Google My Business listing, get in there and start playing with it start looking at your new analytics and start understanding your, 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 your customers better. And if you're a retailer that doesn't have a Google My Business uh, profile, claim it. It's yours. It belongs to you. It actually already exists. You just got to claim it. Yeah. And for, for, for goodness sake, to, to, to everybody who hasn't done this, especially business owners, because they're the ones that tend not to, right? SEOs know to do this. Just log in and, and just click on everything on the left-hand side. Like everything, <laughs> like every little link on the left-hand side that gives you access to different areas, just just click on all of it. Some of it you don't need, some of it you do, but just click on all of it because I can't tell you it's case by case which ones matter, but just get in there and click on everything and fill out everything as completely as, as possible. Uh, it's I see that miss so much where I'm like, but you're selling stuff and you have no products listed, right? Or like something just like so... Obviously, you, you don't do any posting to it, right? Like, this is your real estate to have on the search results page. By, for goodness sake, take it. Indeed. How many times have we said that? This, this Just this episode alone. Yeah. It's yours to have. Take it. Um, okay. This is probably going to be the last story we're going to get to cover, even though we, we have a few minutes left. But it's by Jason Bernard, which means it's deep and lengthy and probably pretty important um jason is uh the industry's specialist specialist about knowledge graph um he improved your your work on knowledge graph like substantially did he not he he has um and him and and um, one of his staff members have sent me a list of stuff where we're helping each other back and forth right now um, just, just tweaking some stuff. It has created the work that he is doing and what it's taught me. Um, and I would have said a, a few years ago, I would have thought really only Bill Slosky is going to make this list. What he has taught me about entities and the nature of entities and maybe Dave Harry credit to, to Dave Harry. He also covers a, a lot of interesting stuff on these tangents. Um, but what he has taught me about the nature of them is, is outstanding. And, and this, article that is written um, over at Search Engine Journal. It was just published today. I was lucky I got a sneak peek at it um, a couple days ago. Um, and it is a great read. Uh, it's a must read. It, it, it is a must read. And basically, he's tracking Google knowledge graph algorithm updates. This defines how Google sees, and, and his tracking is amazing. And I'm looking forward to seeing a year from now what he's, what he's producing along this tangent. Um, is to be able to track changes in the knowledge graph is telling you is it is tracking basically Google's understanding of entities and, and an entity is everything. (laughs) I mean, and I just mean, everything's an entity, right? Like, I mean, Google understands the world as, as things, not strings, right? Like this is the fundamental building block of Google's understanding of the universe. And Jason is chronicling the changes in Google's understanding. I hadn't actually thought to do that until I was reading his piece of going, oh, right, I can extrapolate from the knowledge graphs um, th- this information. He actually has a tool on his site, Calicube, where you can actually see the knowledge graph for, for individual words. You just enter it in and it, you can get it otherwise through the APIs, but it, it's a really nice, clean way. Anyway, definitely a must read. 
um, and, and incredibly, incredibly insightful, but I would bookmark this, compare <laughs> it with what he's doing a year from now, because as you brought up very, very wonderfully, and we've repeated a lot of points to this, it, it, it's really, really interesting, but it's understanding patterns. That's yep. what's important. And, and we're seeing eight updates, I believe, are, are in this one. Um, and we're going to be seeing, you know, that's where I'm interested a year from now. Clearly, he decided to do this like a while ago, eight updates ago. And now he's chronicling each one. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next as we're sort of watching this evolve. But what's really important for, for, for listeners is this isn't just about what does it mean for the knowledge graph. Take that away. Like, that is a takeaway. What is, like, how are, how are things appearing in the knowledge graph? But this, like, pay attention to how Google is understanding things because this is going to fundamentally change the way their machine learning systems are connecting the dots between things. I, can you tell I'm kind of excited about this, <laughs> this article and, and what, uh, what Jason was talking about? It's, it's one of the best pieces I've read in, in a good while. Well, while you were saying that, it occurred to me a really nice, quick uh, definition of, it, of an entity. Mm-hmm. An entity is virtually any unique thing Google can perceive that it can quantify information around. Mm-hmm. Um, once it can quantify information, it can begin to score that information and that constitutes an entity. Now, yeah. when you look at this article, um, over at a search engine journal and it's, uh, it's called tracking Google knowledge graph algorithm updates and, and volatility. The first thing you're going to notice is it's got a table of contents. Don't let that scare you. <laughs> Jason <laughs> is uh, a really personable guy and he's a great writer. It's a long article. You're definitely you're definitely making a commitment when you when you get into it. But Jason's style, you're gonna you're gonna like. If you haven't read them already, you're gonna like them. Yeah, and you'll enjoy the read. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, we. You know what? Uh, if if you got anything you want to do on knowledge graph, go for it. Otherwise, we do have time for one more. All right, let's let's dive in. We might as well cover one more piece. There's a few other interesting things that happened. Well, I see. I don't even know what it is yet. What do you got? <laughs> uh, well, we've got some ranking updates that have happened. Um, we had one uh, reportedly over the weekend. These are unconfirmed. Um, and then we had one uh, last night. Um, like just as, uh, well, you know what, as of as of this recording, um, which is on the 11th of March. So last night is relative to that day. Um, sorry, ranking updates. Ranking updates are going to happen when Google's tinkering with, uh, yeah. with the algo, aren't yeah. they? And, and we did, we did sort of like we we sort of touched on it, but it has led to a lot of shifting back and forth. And I, I know we were sort of like talking about that pendulum and, and the frequency of them. Um, I have seen uh, like on just sort of like a, a more normal, not getting out of like algorithm updates, but onto just like these the sort of more minor ones, not not talking about the like large pushes on things. Um, what I. I I'm seeing on my end is a lot of back and forth, like a lot of back and forth. Um, Generally speaking, um, if I can put sort of a, the sites that I'm seeing that seem to be long-term being rewarded and by long-term, I mean like over a whopping week, Uh, but you know, sort of where the pendulum can go back and forth a little bit and it can sort itself out. Um, It doesn't, this, this grouping of them doesn't seem to be favoring links. Uh, doesn't seem to be. I, I could be wrong because I'm, I'm only looking anecdotally at, at the sites that I'm monitoring regularly. Um, but it doesn't seem to be favoring links and it is seeming to favor updated content. 
like yeah. in, in what we're doing, like sites that we're, we're constantly refreshing the content of um, or adding new, but to, to accentuate core areas um, seem to be being rewarded. Um, quite Another thing I'm noticing is um, sites that are following a really logical site structure are doing okay. Sites that are all over the map or have a very flat structure, not doing so good. And why I think this is happening is Google, March 1st just rolled around. May 1st is coming down the line. This is a weird period when Google promised a whole bunch of things were going to come true. Mobile first indexing, the introduction of core web vitals, um, and a number of other very uh, little things in the way that Google is reorganizing the way it does stuff. Um, I think we're at a weird sort of like a bunch of roads are coming together at the same time. And that's what we're, that's what's caused or a bunch of tides, even better, a bunch of tides are meeting in the same place in the ocean. And that's what's causing this volatility. Mm -hmm. um, and I honestly, I think it's around a switch. Google said March 1st, boom, mobile first, it's going to happen. And, and that's interesting that, uh, that you bring that up. Um, I mean, and we've got all sorts of, this is, you're right. We're going to be heading into a very volatile period of time. I think we just all need to like put on our seatbelts yep. um, and remember, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Great read for every SEO on the planet. <laughs> Don't panic. Um, you know, we've all been to this rodeo enough to know whatever happens, wait a week. Just yeah. analyze, assess, figure out a strategy. If you've done something really stupid and wrong, then start to repair it clearly. But um, you know, don't panic. Wait and see how the dust settles. And fall back. And when you got to do something, fall back on best practices. Always. You, you almost never go wrong that way. Exactly. That's it. Full clock. We've gone around full circle and we got to go. So, um, Dave, thank you so much. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You have been listening to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is March 11th. 2021 COVID is still real continue, please please for the love of life continue wearing a mask social distance wash your hands obsessively try to avoid other people we're going to get through this and when you get a chance get vaccinated and hopefully we'll all be able to go to ball stadiums this summer be well we'll talk to you next week Opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.